My career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? My relationship is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. I'll never find love. Why can't I be like other gay guys? Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. So there's a pandemic going on. Okay, we know that, Rick. You guys get that. But there's another pandemic that actually hasn't just started. It's been something that's been rippling through our gay male community for years and years and years, and probably even, it could be even centuries. This feeling that I'm not heard, I'm not seen, I'm not understood, I'm lonely, I need friends. And sometimes we wonder, where do we turn for this? Well, sometimes, you know, hey, therapy or coach, raising my hand, you know, you guys know I coach. But what if you don't have access to that? What if you needed something else? What if you just needed a you know, cuddle buddies, so to speak, to hear you out. Well, I'm so happy to be bringing a friend of mine back on to the podcast. He's been on Life Uncloseted a couple of times, and he was on this podcast when it was for all men. And now here he is back again. His name is Adam Lippen. He is the CEO and founder of an amazing app called hearme.app, where you can actually have those quick conversations that can actually change your life in a day or even in a moment. And he makes it really readily available to anyone who may be feeling, oh my gosh, I don't have somewhere to turn. And that's what we want to talk about today is where can you turn when you're feeling like I have no one to talk to. So welcome to the podcast, man. Again, (laughs) I think you're, I think you're probably leading the pack. I think this is like third or fourth one you've been on. So um, good to have you back. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I really uh, appreciate the space that you give gay men. Uh, I think it's really important. And I would, I just want to say before we dive into the conversation, uh, loneliness and a sense of disconnection is not only relating to LGBT folk. Yeah. Uh, the current Surgeon General, Dr. Vibet Murthy, was the Surgeon General under President Obama. He stated that loneliness is the number one health crisis facing our country, and it's worse than smoking 15 cigarettes a day and worse than obesity. So this concept of loneliness uh, has been around, and it is kind of like an underlying condition, which leads to a lot of other negative conditions that can lead to depression and anxiety, feelings of low self-esteem. And it uh, really affects every aspect of our life, the way we show up in the world. And uh, it is a a worldwide crisis. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, Cigna, which is a big health insurance company, put out two studies. One was in 2018 and one was in 2020, talking about loneliness in the workplace, primarily around younger folk. And essentially, 18 to 22-year-olds are the most loneliest generation. Up to 79% of them feel like they have no one to talk to and feel lonely uh, sometimes or always. So it's a really significant uh, challenge. And as gay men, uh, we have a unique challenge and a unique, hopefully unique solutions to that challenge. Yeah. But I'm also seeing it a lot in guys over 40 in our gay community, you know, because you reach a certain point and I'm going to generalize here for a few minutes, guys, 
where suddenly you feel like I don't fit in the mold or, oh, you know, I'm aged out. Unfortunately, I don't think, I don't believe you ever age out. It's all how you want to show up in, in our culture. But a lot of it is happening 40, 50, 60s, especially I've been coaching a few 60 year olds right now. And they're like, I can't make friends because either some of my friends are already passed on or I don't relate to younger generations. And then there we are. We don't have somebody to talk to, but you're right. There's prevalence across all age ranges and all groups. And of course the pandemic didn't really help the situation at all. So as right. you've been doing and your I research on the app, go ahead. No, no. I mean, I, I started my original business called Cuddless, C-U-D-D-L-I-S-T as a cuddling platform. And I was particularly looking for at, at giving some support around two populations of gay men. And one were men who become so lonely that that loneliness seemed to calcify into their being. And the, and the other population, which were men who act out sexually for decades, uh, they might even, not even like it, like it's not mm -hmm. serving them, it's not making them happy, but they don't know any other way to get any kind of connection. So I thought if I could introduce some safe, healthy platonic clutch into touch for both of those populations, it could, it could be really beneficial, and it is, and that, that company is still going. Uh, and Hear Me is an extension of it to bring more support to more people. And one of the things that I've noticed as I, so I have a, a monthly group that, well, was twice a month group. I had one for guys coming out of the closet, and then I have one just for, you know, gay men in general over 40. I don't like show your ID at the door. <laughs> I don't do that. But um, it's been interesting to listen to the breadth of where I don't feel seen and heard or where I feel lonely. And it covers a lot of gamut. It can be, I feel lonely in my friend group because I no longer do X. So now I show up, but I don't feel like I'm part of the inclusion or I can't even find a friend group or as you already brought up, Adam, this loneliness in the workplace can be huge too. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's 50, I think he's 56 because he's a little bit younger than I am. And he goes, I'm like the oldest one in my company now. He goes, I don't relate. I can't. He goes, I try. But he goes, it's like, here I am 56 years old. And then the next youngest person kind of in my world is 40. And then everybody else is below 40. You know, they're in that 20 to mid 20s to mid 30s range. And he goes, I don't know how to relate at work anymore. He goes, I do my job that's easy. He goes, I can show up and do my job, but I, I don't, you know, I just don't know. And he goes, and then on top of that, I'm single and, you know, trying to find a man, all that good stuff. So his like reaching out and needing to feel like he has a connection um, is really prevalent for him in his life. So as you work through like, Hey, I know the cuddleist was something that you launched and it, it did really well. And you had some, you know, you brought something to the world that extension with hear me, was that because some people were like, yeah, I don't want to do the cuddling thing. I need something more. Or was it just like Adam had another brilliant idea and I'm going to go with this. So when I started Cuddlist, uh, I had been doing something. I was in the restaurant business for many years, 25 right. years. And yeah. I had always been into yoga and meditation. And I've always been on this sort of quest for self-discovery. And I had been very lonely. I put myself in, uh, I allowed myself to be very isolated and I just felt like not connected to many people, which led to drugs and alcohol and also led to yoga meditation. And I did everything that I could to uh, not 
connect to people because it was very afraid, very scary for me. And so when I turned 50, I realized that the only way to have true human connection was to actually have true human connection. And you can only do it with another person. So that sort of became my second career mission. And I started Cuddlist as as a way to do that. Uh, In doing Cuddlist, recognizing the incredible value that we're providing uh, and the amount of people who yeah, they stated that the loneliness, that they're disconnected um, and they need some kind of connection. Uh, we also had people that didn't have $80 or $100 an hour. They weren't near anyone and it wasn't practical. So people started to call up and say, can I just talk with someone? And so that's what sort of was the real genesis of the foundation of Hear Me, because I wanted to um, make human connection uh, happen at scale for as many people as possible. And also one of the reasons we're lonely is because we don't feel valued and we don't feel like we have any value. So by training people uh, how to be empathetic listeners, many people, those people can benefit equally. And there are many people, if you've been lonely for a while and you're gay and you've had had this experience, someone else coming up, uh, feeling that you can share with them and they can instantly relate to you and you can give them some, you know, and, and you can have a conversation. So both people co-elevate, both sides uh, can feel better together. So that, that, that was sort of the reason why I started uh, Hear Me. So as it started to roll out, what are some of the, what are some of the commonalities that people show up? Like, I mean, I know you brought up like work and stuff like that, but is there any like constant trend of like, oh, I really need this because... Yeah, so, you know, we have many different filters, so you can choose. uh, It's very easy to download the app, Mm -hmm. download an app like you would an app. And in order to connect with someone, you choose a filter, which is I just want to talk, no topic, LGBT2, LGBTQ+, parenthood, new moms, uh, disordered eating, COVID-19, et cetera. Um, Most people connect with I just want to talk or no topic. This notion of feeling like you need to get things off your chest. And many of us, the thought that there's someone who can actually do that for me, they're not going to judge me. They have no ulterior motive and I get safe and I can say what I'm, what I'm feeling. And that just that very simple act breathes sort of like life into our body. It sort of helps animate us, which takes us to a slightly different place, which makes us more present, which allows the person that you're speaking to be feel more present. They're feeling uh, like they're doing something, even though they're, they're not right. They're holding space for you, which is not, not doing anything. Uh, but, it, and, and, and that creates a, a virtuous cycle of people feeling less lonely and getting out of their head. And if there are particular situations that they're working through, you gave the example of your friend at work. He feels like he's the oldest person. He doesn't relate into work. He still shows up. He still, you know, uh, lives his life, but perhaps if he had someone anonymously, Things to share all this stuff with, maybe something can percolate. Maybe something will shift a little tiny bit. Maybe the person that is sharing this with had a similar story and can offer what might have worked for them. So it's very simple and it's very powerful. I think sometimes we look for very complicated answers. And the yep. reality is uh, sharing what you're going through uh, is the most critical thing that we can do. Huge positive outcomes. And the question and the challenge for many of us is who who do we have to do that with, right? So you right, always right. have a hear me listener to do it with. It will give you practice. It might make you feel a bit better, give you a little bit more courage or, you know, feeling that it's okay to be vulnerable. 
Uh, And those types of small actions can have meaningful impacts. But also one of the core things out of all that is like somebody just listening, but also somebody going, okay, now you've got that off your chest. I always tell my clients, now you've got it out of you. It's out in the, you know, it's out of inside here. How do you now feel? Sometimes it's just having that space being held for you and letting that come out of you that can change everything. Plus, depending on how your, your, you know, team is doing this, oftentimes just the simple fact of, Hey, I hear you. I see you. That's just huge. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be, Oh, I understand you because I've had a similar experience. Right. Right. You know, I, I know in my coaching practice, you know, I'm very, I try to not be like super like, Hey, I've had the same experience unless there's an experience that they bring up. I'm like, Hey, I'd like to share something with you that I personally experienced around that. Are you okay with that? You know, once they give me permission, then I'll go there. I'm not sharing it to say, Ooh, you know, look at me, here's how I did it. But I want them to feel that commonality of you're not alone. I've seen that in the gay men's groups that I run that the majority of the reason the guys show up is because they're like, wow, there's other people just like me. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize if they can have that community. And one of the things I noticed that you're doing with this app <clears throat> is whether it's, you know, the universities or the business or however it is being used, there's those places for room discussions, you know, and all somebody needs is to like, oh, wow, there's somebody just like me. <laughs> that can change so much of what's happening. Yeah. I mean, there are inflection points and this can be a very positive inflection point. And just to go back to the example of your friend who feels disconnected at work, um, you know, maybe that your friend has a really positive conversation. He's feeling a bit better. Maybe he'll have the courage to say to one of the younger members on the team. Uh, I heard something, you know, like, Hey, how do you, can you help me figure this out? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like reverse mentoring. You know, this is just a very generational thing, especially yep. as it relates to technology. And I'm doing it very successfully in my company. Uh, you know, it's very easy to bash young people. Right. But really there are skill sets that they have and they're willing to sort of share that with you if you approach it in a way. Um, and so that's a way, uh, you know, to potentially get a need met, learn a skill as well as develop a relationship based from humility. I think sometimes we feel like as we're older, we need to pretend like we have the answers and we're somehow above better. And it's so, frankly, it's easier to complain, right, than it is to sort of like uh, try to make something work to your advantage. But it's, it's very difficult. And, you know, getting things off your chest in real time when you need them is a critical skill. And it, you know, it increases oxytocin, it decreases level of anxiety, and it just puts you in in a place where you're, you can show up for yourself a bit more. Right. And one of the key drivers I see with both the Cuddleist and Hear Me, but um, especially with Hear Me is it makes connection possible when you don't, maybe you don't want to connect other ways. I have so many people, so many gay men that I've run into, they're like, I, hey, post-pandemic, I don't even know how to get back out there and connect again, you know? Yeah. How am I going to do this? You know, and, and they may not have, they may not have the means for like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, do traditional therapy or I'm going to hire a coach. And I love that you're coming in at a space of, hey, you're making this applicable and available to people 
at all levels because connection and, and I, I'm, I've gone through this. I mean, we just came back from a um, all gay vacation. The first one I've done in years and the first real big vacation we went on post quote post pandemic. And as soon as I walked in at the resort, I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if I know how to do this again, you know, yeah. which was silly. Cause it's just, you're just reconnecting, but I hadn't been like, in a big space of let's go connect. Cause I haven't, I haven't done any conferences or anything like that since the pandemic. And it was just really interesting. It's one thing to like, okay, I'm going off to the theater to see a show, which is a form of connection. Right. But I'm not sitting there having intimate conversations with people in the audience and all that. But suddenly here, I'm going to be at this, you know, all gay, you know, trip for a week with 250 other gay people. Yeah. It's like reconnecting. So that's, the, that's the terrifying experience, right? Yep. That's not an experience I've ever done. Or I, I, so here's the thing. Out of those 250 people, however many were there, I would tell you that 247 of those people are feeling something very similar. This is very yep. scary. This is a really big group. Whatever your sort of the, the negative uh, mind shatter that you have is kicking in. Yeah, uh, and then it's it's made a little bit worse by your incredible desire to really have this positive experience. So you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself, and right. that's a very you know that's a very challenging social situation. It so um, it, it just is right. So yeah. I think for me, knowing that I'm not alone, knowing yep. that you know, I, I always said there are people like Gandhi and Muhammad and Buddha, uh, you know, and Malcolm X that have had original thoughts. The rest of us you know, or, or sort of off feeling relatively the same way. Um, and, and that acknowledgement is really important. And then, you know, one, give yourself one little task, just not to someone and say hello, yep. where it says Cornelius, hey, where are you from? Right? So instead of trying to make this magical experience, break it down into one very easy step. Uh, but for many people, that's very hard, which is why we made Hear Me so incredibly simple, as frictionless, as easy as possible to begin the process of engaging in this world, as many of us feel very shut out from it. And, uh, and it's something that who knows what's going to happen in our lovely little planet at this point, as things are un unraveling in different ways and shapes, more and more people are going to feel this like disconnection. Like, what do, where do I go now? What do I do now? I've had a few conversations recently with clients like, okay, so now that this is what's happening in, you know, the US with Roe v. Wade and all this sort of stuff, I, need, I don't know who to talk to. I just want somebody to talk to about how I'm feeling. And again, some people are going to have the means to reach out to a therapist or a coach or a psychologist or whatever, and others aren't. Others are like, I don't think I need that. I just want somebody I can talk to. Like, I don't have a significant other I'm coming home to. Yeah, I can go out with my friends and kind of talk. But I had one guy say, I'd love to talk about this with my friends. But they're like, let's not be downers. Let's just go have fun. Let's just go have fun. And I said, yeah. then that's who they are. That's OK. Respect that. But what you're saying is I need something a little bit deeper, somewhere I can have a conversation like that. Yeah. I mean, to, to put it into the macro numbers, this is pre- COVID, uh, the U.S. government put out a study that you would need four and a half million new therapists to solve an ex the existing mental crisis pre-COVID. Yep. That's not going to happen, number one. Even nope. if it would happen, number two, 
you know, based on the amount, based on the, the demographics of people who, who are therapists, they'd be 87% white, which would not give a lot of comfort to people that want a culturally competent therapist that looks like them. Yeah. Uh, and then also no one to be able to afford it. Right. Yep. So what Hear Me's mission is and what we need to do is to uh, rapid, rapidly increase the amount of people that can be there for other people. And uh, I think anyone that wants to be there for someone that has a similar, that has a lived experience can be there for someone. Both parties mutually benefit. And I'll give you an example. We're doing a, we're entering into a study with UCLA. They're populations of people who were in the intensive care uh, COVID unit, right? They're leaving that unit. Their, their life has been turned upside down for many people. Uh, there's some memory fog. There's all the sort of physical issues of COVID. They've lost their job. They find themselves in a radically different place, right? Hear is going to give people who have been through that experience the ability to get that stuff off their chest. And some people that have been through that experience can listen to other people that are going through that experience. So creating an ecosystem of support for people who uh, just don't get that kind of support, I think is really important. Uh, we have a client who's a nurse, traveling nurse staffing agency, people who are traveling nurses, you know, nursing is probably the number one difficult profession right now, right? We all have read the paper. So to be able to give support to nurses on the ground by nurses who've been there helps, you know, it creates a, a way to get through the day. So uh, whether, so there's a lot of applications for this from a business perspective, from a human perspective, if you're feeling down and I'll say this to, you know, basically the best way to feel better is to do something for someone else, right? So right. for your friend who's at work, who feels like they're, you know, just stuck and they're never gonna get through it, Become a, become a hear me listener, volunteer, learn the skills of empathetic and active listening, listen to someone who's going through something that you've been through, relate to them, let them know that you relate to them and you know what you're both going to feel better. You might not have solved your problems because maybe you're not a problem to be solved. Maybe this right. is life and you can come up with different tools and skills and coping mechanisms to live the life that you have. So, uh, there's an unending ability for us to be there for each other. And I think for many people in pain, psychological pain, yep. help someone, right? I've gotten massages. I love massages. I love doing nice things for myself, but it doesn't, it doesn't inherently change how I really feel. Right. But that inherently changing how you feel, if you don't have an outlet to go try to make that happen, it all just stays bubbled up inside of you. And right. it, it, it doesn't serve you. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, oh, everybody should run out and do whatever. But I think part of the running out and doing something is to realize we're all in a mental crisis. I don't care what anybody says. Everything about being human can lead us to mental crisis. Doesn't mean you're depressed. Doesn't mean you suffer from anxiety. But anything can push this. So why don't we honor that we're just human? And we have this funky little thing called our mind and our feelings and our heart and our soul. And at times those things are going to be felt like they're under attack. But if we don't take care of it any differently than like what you just brought up, Adam, like going and getting a massage, like eating, like going and getting some exercise, all those things are done to help us sustain our mammal. And if we don't like take care of this, like I feel lonely, I don't feel heard, I don't feel seen you're hurting your mammal just as much as any of these other things. 
And I, I love think that this all is of us, all of us can flip our switch. Everything that Rick has been through, that Adam has been through, to anyone listening to this podcast has been has been through, is you flip it, and that can give comfort to someone else who's going through what you're going through. So you change your position from sort of like there's a victim mentality or why is everything not working for me? And you take what you have right now mm-hmm. and you make yourself available for someone who could use that support. And they're going to get you because you will be honest when you say, I've been there too. I know what it feels like. It's really rough. It's a Friday night. It's 830. I'm watching friends. I have nothing to do. It really, you know, et cetera, whatever, whatever the story is. And that other person who's doing the same thing, maybe they're watching something else, but they will feel a sense of humanness and a sense of connection. That's the magic right there. And then from there, who knows what can happen, right? But well, we- I, I love it that you see, I mean, okay, so we know it, this is prevalent across, you know, doesn't matter what race, color, sexuality, any of this, whether it's business or whatever, but I love that you're literally looking at this through the lens and let's just be honest about this through the lens of the younger generation, not surprised that those numbers are so high because what's happening, everything they do is in the palm of their hands and everything they see is like, look, this is what really wonderful life is like. Right. And then you wonder why the loneliness and everything is prevalent. Uh, the first thing I saw, I don't really try to watch the news much these days. Um, when I do, it's like, okay, let's, let's think critically about what I'm seeing, but you know, the first thing I saw was some story about Kim Kardashian walking the runway at some fashion show. And I'm like, and this is headline news. I mean, this is what we're putting out into the world. Like this is the standard bearers of things again, fine. That if that's what turns you on, but when these are the things that cause young minds and not even young minds to like, Ooh, this is the barometer. Are we really surprised we're so lonely and that we don't feel like we have anybody we can talk to. And so I love that this is like a prevalent piece of the puzzle. I mean, you're doing stuff with universities and in businesses, um, but also working at the individual level. I mean, again, one of my favorite quotes is 20 seconds of courage. If you're nervous to do something, if you're really nervous to download, hear me and reach out to someone, count to 20, you know, it's like, uh, you do, you know, there are some actions that we all need to take because when we take an action, that's how we feel better. Um, but I just want to normalize. I've heard a lot of stories. I've been through a tremendous amount of loneliness and disconnection. I've shared it before in this podcast. Right. Um, we all think we're terminally unique. Mm-hmm. Our pain is very unique to us, but the reality is our experiences, while there are different flavors and colors, are relatively universal, right? So sharing what you're going through, venting, complaining, moaning, whatever it is, getting it out of your mouth or, you know, getting it down is, is a really good first step. Uh, it's why people journal. They feel stuck. They journal. They feel unstuck. Think of this like journaling. Uh, it, it's an important step. And it's for us, it's accessible and it's available now for anyone. So this is kind of one of those silly, stupid questions. If hear me could have the impact in the world that you most wanted to have, like, oh my gosh, I wake up two years from now and it's like, so it's a go-to place. 
what's the biggest shift you'd love to see in the planet with something like hear me so i want everyone to recognize that uh regardless of their social economic religious all that sort of stuff uh they can benefit from get, getting something off their chest and there's a place where they can do that and i want everyone that wants to that just has has a desire to be there for somewhere else to have a platform where they can do that and create a community uh, and be there for other people with some really wonderful training and skill building that we have. Mm. What I love so much about this too, and you, I love what you just shared about is 20 seconds, like 20 seconds, do something, right? <clears throat> so many people in my world of coaching are like, okay, there's got to be this big thing that we do. And da, 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 da. I'm like, mm. most of the time it's not. Most of the time, it's one simple shift in a perspective, one little like pause and take a breath, one little, okay, what's one small step you can take? And that's what I love about this. Again, it's in the palm of your hands. We all live and breathe by, unfortunately, by our phones these days, but it's also a really powerful thing when like, hey, this is a great way to connect. Uh, I have a young friend who's really struggling and I have tried really hard to help him along without being his coach because he's a friend and I try not to mix that sort of stuff, but I give my perspective, right? I finally said, you know what, man, I think he would do well to have some therapy. Well, I, I don't know if it's covered. I'm like, yes, it's covered under your, he works for a very big, well-known company in this country. I know he's got psychotherapy coverage under his medical. Well, I just don't feel like I can find someone who's an LGBTQ practitioner. Fine. I get that. But also, you know, some help would be grateful. And then I finally said, hey, it just how it so happened. I was talking to him and I knew this podcast was coming up. I'm like, hey, a friend of mine has this app. You don't have to worry about, you know, all this sort of stuff. It may cost you some change out of your pocket, but hey, this is another avenue. Because, you know, I started getting the excuse. Well, I don't have time. I'd have to take off work. And, I'll, you know, when you get the excuse makers, you kind of wonder if they really want help or not, you know, but I think this is what you're bringing is an easy way to have the interaction and yeah, it doesn't and have to be invasive. Yeah. And excuses basically mean we're afraid. Right. Oh, I know that he's totally afraid he's yeah. because he's never, he's never put himself in that kind of environment. I remember the first time I went to therapy, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is really scary for lots of different reasons you know, mostly for me, that first therapy session was because I was coming out of the closet and I was breaking up my marriage and everything was scary. Right. But then when I felt like down the road, I needed some more, it's like, Hey, I I'm struggling. I mean, I struggled, you know, and my listeners know I've struggled with depression and anxiety. And had I not had that Avenue to go work, I don't know where I'd be now. I'm really grateful that I did. And now I'm, you know, I'm not saying I'm beyond it all, but I'm not on my meds anymore, which to me is a home run. Right. But I'm also very cognizant that if I start feeling certain things, especially given the love of the little planet we're living on right now, I'm going to be going and getting whatever help I need because I want to be able to function and thrive as best as I can. And what I so much love about this hear me app is it's a step forward. Even if it's the simplest step you can take for some people, as you said, this is the only way they're going to be able to get the support they need. So take the step, find your pathway forward. So, yeah, we're all on our journey and we're all in very different <clears throat> places in our journey. 
And um, we're here for anyone in any stage of your journey, whether you want to be supportive of people or whether you need to get something off your chest in real time and just complain about, pick a topic, right? right. Uh, sometimes you don't know what the results are until after you go through the process, right? And that's where the, the magic comes in because you start out frustrated and scared and 20 minutes later, you feel some relief. And then when you have that sense of relief, well, then who knows what you're capable of doing? Maybe you're capable of giving relief to someone else or you'll think of something where it'll shift or not. And the next day you're back in hell and you come back right. home. Right? But it's like you can you can sort of, uh, it's a process and you have this ability to do this. Yeah. Okay, so let's kind of dive in real quick on some other levels. So what about the person who says, oh, these people, they're not trained therapists, they're not trained psychologists, blah, 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 blah. Now I know, because I've already looked on your website, you're like, if you're in crisis, this we are not the people for you, right? Yeah. We're right. So, if so you how need, do you address that? So if you need therapy and you can afford therapy and you have access to therapy, get therapy. We are certainly not against therapy. We want to support uh, people. We call our, with the work that we do subclinical, it means that it's not clinical. For people who have clinical issues, getting subclinical support can be very, very helpful yep. as well. Uh, but, you know, one distinction is therapy, you know, and again, I'm, I, this is my personal viewpoint, but basically if you're in therapy, you're in therapy to solve a problem, right? There's a problem to be solved where I look at it more like we're humans with life, right? And, you know, as someone once said to me, you can't fix normal. And Rick's been talking about the state of the world. You can't fix that. You can't fix the crazy world. But how you feel in that crazy world, it makes you feel crazy, right? Or for in a non-clinical way of saying crazy, having someone to talk to, uh, to live in the real world that we live in can be very beneficial. If you need further support, I hope you can get that further support. Uh, and I'm all for it. I been in therapy it's wonderful and it's not it's not affordable for everyone yeah and i don't think everyone needs it either i agree it's the same approach i take as a coach like when i have those initial sessions and even when i'm in the midst of coaching <clears throat> but in the initial sessions if i feel like somebody is better suited for therapy or a dual approach where coaching is about well here's where you are here's where you're trying to get i'm going to be trying to catapult you forward we're going for kind of goals, actions, all that, not saying that therapy doesn't do that. Therapy digs into a problem, tries to fix the problem so that you can go do this. <clears throat> I, I'm straight up honest with people like, Hey, I think therapy would be really good for you. Or I think therapy would be better for you than a coach. That's just my personal perspective. And I always say, I'm not a trained therapist. I am not a clinical person. I do. As you say, I'm very much a subclinical sort of piece of the equation and if you, this is where you are and you want to get somewhere, then I'm going to be your accountability. I'm going to be your person who sees things from a different perspective. I'm going to help you try to find the answers within and, and help those answers guide you forward to where you're trying to get to. And, but and, I'm, not and gonna, just, I'm not going to fix the problem, quote unquote, yeah. not going to fix the problem. Yeah. And, and from a business perspective, we work with clinical providers and sometimes people finish programs or they can't afford that $40,000 program. We're a very affordable option uh, right. or you go through it and we're sort of like an aftercare kind of an experience. So basically peer support, you know, just evidence-based research indicates that peer support can help bring down levels of anxiety and depression. 
um, and can make you get on with your day in a very better way and feel better. So from if you're a science type person, it's proven uh, and it's real and it's very helpful. So if somebody wants to get involved, the best way is just literally go to the app store, right? Yeah, download the app. You can uh, right now we're, we're shifting our models a bit, but right now you can uh, sign up to be a listener or sign up to be a member. It's free. We are sort of shifting that into more of a give back model where we're targeting yep. sort of who are uh, who will have access to the, the completely free part. Right. Uh, but right now, go get the support that you need, give the support that you can uh, and join a really wonderful community of caring, loving people. Uh, and another, the best way to get you know, less lonely is to be around people who have some experience sharing what they're going through. They'll help bring you out of your shell a bit and they'll totally relate to where you are. It's awesome, man. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So this is second time you've created something wonderful for the world. I can't wait to see what comes next. And uh, nothing. I'm going to keep on blowing this one up, but I think okay. this is my last. I, I, well, I, as soon as I, well, I knew you were doing this a few months ago, but as soon, I'm like, oh, this is, this has huge potential because yeah. we unfortunately have become such a quote unquote disconnected society in so many yeah. ways. Yeah. Um, to see something that can help somebody feel connected and feel seen and heard is huge, you know? And um, of course you're going to put me out of business because they're going to, I don't need a coach, <laughs> you know, which not I know that's not true either. Thing. You got, But I have talked to several people about this app, like, you know, in between sessions, if you feel, I mean, even though they have full access to me, it's like they don't, but for some people they are like, I, I invite you to like try some other applications too, because it's a cohesive approach to getting you in the well-being that you need to be, whatever that looks like for you. Sometimes you want to talk to someone else. Exactly. Yeah. Because you get tired of talking to Rick, just like Adam just kind of subtly signaled, I'm done talking to you, Rick. I'm done. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, no. Well, it's so good to have you on the podcast again, man. And whether you're gay or not, even though this is targeted for gay men, and especially for gay men, I mean, our hearts go out to you. Adam and I have... I definitely had conversations about this over the years and we love our gay brothers, but it's not just for the gay men, but I know gay men struggle with this a lot at times. So um, to give it a shot, go check it out. And um, thanks for putting out there in the world, man, stuff that really makes a difference. Really appreciate Thank you. It. Thank you for putting this out. I really appreciate it. That's a wrap for 40 plus gay men, gay talk where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Gay Men, Gay Talk, where the conversations continue.